at his feet, receiving expectantly at his feet. The whole point of the sermon series is when we sit down with our Lord and Savior, there's a lot we can get from knowing him. When we reach into our own lives and challenge ourselves with what he has to share with us, we can receive some unbelievable gifts. You know, we started out two weeks ago looking at receiving his love. What does it look like to receive his love? This Emmanuel, this God with us and his sacrifice for us. And as we learn to accept his love for us, it changes our world. It rocks our lives. Receiving his love, Emmanuel. And then last week we celebrated the Christmas season with choirs and kids choirs and people packed out all over the place. It was unbelievable what we had going on here last week as we celebrated receiving his joy. What it means to actually embrace walking with him and abiding with him and being motivated and changed by him. To be able to celebrate his love for us and have it just change us from the inside out. Joy. Receiving his joy. Today we're looking at receiving hope. Hope. You know, as I started out, I, I was thinking I could start with a cool story or something. And, and then I started looking at some definitions and I thought, maybe we should just start with definition of hope. Let's just start with the raw core, okay? So Webster's definition of hope. Here we go. Hope. Desire with anticipation. Desire with anticipation. Boy, that's lame, isn't it? Desire with anticipation. So all it is is wanting and, and wishing. That's all it is. That's hope. Well, that's not biblical hope. So the good news is Webster's has a number two definition. Expect with confidence. Know that it's coming. It's basically the statement of there's something coming and it's not, boy, I, I hope that happens. You know how we use it that way? That's not what it's really meant biblically. Hope. It means I am expecting it. I know it to be true. I am confident it's coming. Hope. So we're going with Webster's definition number two. All right? Hope. Here's some quotes, some poems. Hope is a waking dream. Aristotle. A waking dream. Hope is a risk that must be run. Some guy named Bernanese. I don't know. Maybe you do. If it were not for hope, the heart would break. Thomas Fuller, recognizing that it's a motivator in our lives. Unbelievably positive focuses on hope. But you know, in the midst of looking for quotes on hope, those were the positives. Listen to these. Hope is just the poor man's bread. Hope is the only universal liar who never loses his reputation for veracity. Robert Ingersoll. Hope is the worst of evils. For it prolongs the torment of man. Nietzsche. What's the difference? How come there's such extreme positives and so many extreme negatives? The answer is simply this. Where are you placing your hope? In whom are you placing your hope? When we start to get these miserable, loser definitions of hope that have to do with lying and deceiving and coming up short, it's because you've hoped in the stuff of life. You've hoped in the things of this world. You've hoped in the comforts. And that's not where hope should be placed. What we're going to look at today is God-given hope. What we're going to look at today is how can we embrace that hope 
that leaves us not wanting, but celebrating God's hope, a hope in the almighty, a hope that gives us an energy to live and move and breathe and to go hard after him. Now that's hope. Amen. That's where we're moving today. How can I receive hope? God's hope in my life and in my world receiving hope. Okay, we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. The ushers are going to be coming forward. They've got Bibles in their hands. We are going to be walking verse by verse through it. So if you don't have a Bible, just raise your hand. We'd love to get one to you. All right? Just raise your hand and they'll get to you. Luke chapter 2, verses 15 to 21. First step. How do I receive this hope, this God-given hope? Listen up. Hope like the shepherds. Hope in what God calls you to see. Listen up. We have an example of the shepherds. They were given some information and they had a chance to respond with hope. Luke chapter 2, verse 15 says, When the angels went away from them, the shepherds, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. When the angels went away from them into heaven, Remember we closed last week, we were talking about that moment with the angels. And first it started with the one angel who was so bright with the glory of God that it lit up the hillside. This angel who came in with a simple message, the messianic secret of the centuries is here among you. It's time. It's time for you to move and go see the anointed one, the Christ. And then a myriad, a multitude of angels joined him on the hillsides and they're crying glory to God in the highest. This is what it's about. These angels came to celebrate a message. And after that, they went away into heaven. That's where we're at right now. These angels then decided it's time to go back home. They were going back to the one they were celebrating. They were going back into the heavenlies. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the, the shepherds then said to one another, well, that was interesting. Let's, let's just lay here for the rest of the night. We'll chat about it in the morning. See what each other thinks after a good sleep. Is that what it says? It says, let us go. That would be a typical response to being unbelievably rocked. Do you know what I'm saying? This was a moment where they were just blown away with the message and the presentation. The entire package basically said, this is a big deal. And in that moment, they said, Let's go. We've got to get a move on. It's time to go to the place that they were talking about. Let us go. Let us go over to Bethlehem, that place they were talking about, and see the thing that has happened. Notice there's no doubt. Let us go to Bethlehem and see if this thing happened. Is that what it says? There's no if. They are trusting that this is emphatically true. It is expectation. It is trust. Hope. It's real. It came down. And we've got a chance to be seeing it. It says, let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Why do they think it's real? Because they're basically considering that a being that shows up in front of you that is blaringly light with God's glory and is coming with multitudes of others and singing glory to God in the highest, they go, that's probably from God. You know what I'm saying? They're, they're 
powers of deductions are amazing, right? And in the midst of going, this is from the Lord. We've got to get going. God has made known to us. We have a chance to respond to what the Almighty is informing us of. God has spoken into our lives. In that moment, the best response is let us go. You hear it? The best response is not let us hang out for a little while and think and do nothing. It's let us go. And in that moment of expectancy and in that moment of hope, they decided it's time to move on our trust. It's time for us to hope like the shepherds, to hope in what God's calling us to and what he's making clear to us through his word, through his Holy Spirit moving. They said in verse 16, they went with haste. They went with haste. In other words, it kind of looked probably something a little bit like this. Come on, let's get moving. Come on, man. We're getting over there. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't, let's go. Oh, that's interesting over there. A little distraction. Let's go look at that for a little bit. And, oh, I wonder what's happened. Hey, what were you talking about yesterday? No, they're focused. This word haste, it has an application of focus. Some implication of speed, but a lot of implication of get to that place. We are going to follow through. They have been instilled with a passion that God's moving, God's making, God's changing, and they have a chance to be a part of it. They're moving with haste. It says that they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. In other words, it wasn't a lie. That's really what this is saying. They're saying, fact, what they were told to expect came about. What they were told they would find is what they found. They found Mary and Joseph and they found the baby lying in a manger. And we talked a little bit about this last week, but as shepherds, they found that the almighty Messiah, the holy one of the universe came to a place that they as shepherds were most comfortable with. Probably a cave-like area that the animals were in and the baby was laying in what would basically be a trough that food would sit in for animals. The shepherds who were the shunned ones, the lowest ones, and the Almighty came to them, to their place, to what they would call home. And they were seeing Emmanuel, God with us. They saw Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger, verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told to them concerning the child. In the moment that God moves and in the moment that you step out in trust, in the moment that you say, I believe this to be true and I'm stepping with it. And then in that moment, you find it to be true. Guess what starts happening? You go, whoa, check this out. You know what happened? I was told about this and then it happened. And I'm telling you, this is fact. You've got to hear this. Hey, I would like to tell you a little bit about what God's doing in my life. Can I just share with you that moment that we are rocked when we follow our Lord and see him alive and real, God with us, is the moment we start talking about him. It's the moment we start sharing. You know, we talk about a complete disciple, one who worships, walks, works, and witnesses. One who's sharing about who he is. It's not, please go memorize a few verses and share as coldly as you possibly can some kind of 
truth about God that really hasn't touched you at all. It's get touched. Find his truth to be real. Let him move you and be amazed by who he is. And as you're amazed, just turn to the one next to you and say, it amazes me. Let me share with you what he's done. God at work. He started with the messengers, the angels. Now he's got the messengers, the shepherds. He's sharing one by one and moving through and being able to blow people away. Listen up. You know, God speaks to us. He provides hope for us. He gives us the ability to know who he is and want to be with him. There was a school district that decided to try to help out the kids who were going into the hospital. They had a number of kids that were in hospitals for various reasons, sick and whatever. And they decided to have these teachers partner with the school district and go into the hospitals and basically tutor while the kids were in the hospitals long stay. And so this one teacher was called to do this. And she was excited. She went in to teach her student consonants and vowels, the basics, and just wanted to sit down and have a little bit of time. When she stepped into the room, she was horrified. Her breath got taken away. This child, she hadn't been told, but the child had been in a burn accident, covered third-degree burns over the body. The child was miserable and in pain. And as she stepped in, she began to shake. She was so nervous about the ridiculousness of sharing consonants and vowels in this moment. But she stepped up with the child and she pulled a chair up and she sat down and she spent a half hour working through consonants and vowels with this little boy. She went outside, stopped in the hallway and collapsed against the wall and sobbed. And went home, not sure if she could come back the next day and do it again. She came in the next day, and as she was walking down the hallway, one of the nurses stopped her and said, what did you say to that boy? And she goes, oh, no, what did I do wrong? And she said, no, 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 you're missing the point. There's something different. It's like he's trying. He's allowing things to make an impact in his life. He's actually willing to take medications he refused before. He's, he's, he's fighting. He's fighting now. What did you say? And she said, I told him that B was a consonant. I don't know. I didn't really say much. You know, she spent the next couple of weeks with that boy, working him through the process of consonants and vowels and the other grammar that came after it. And she finally had the guts to ask him one day, what was so different? What changed? And he said, you know, I can only tell you this. Nobody spends time teaching somebody consonants and vowels if they're dying. You gave me hope. Not because you said anything special necessarily, but just because you were here. Just because you said it matters that you know these things. There must be hope. The power of hope in our lives. As God Almighty steps in with you and me and he says, I'm here. And I'm ready to work. Emmanuel, God with us, gives hope. Listen up. He's got a plan. He's got a message. He's got a place and a purpose for you. You can find it in the word. You can find him in the Holy Spirit speaking with you. Spend time 
with the one who's sitting by your bedside. Get hope. Here's my question. What is it that God's sharing with you? What is it that he's challenging you with? Maybe he's challenging you to come to know him for the very first time. To get to know him and have a personal relationship with him. Today's the day. Now's the time. Maybe he's saying it's time for you to accept that my shed blood on the cross is a replacement payment for you. Stop earning. Start trusting. Just ask and I will forgive. Maybe you've done that. But you're not recognizing that the next step is that complete follower. It's not about running around in this world and trying to find ways to be entertained yourself. But it's trying to find ways to say, you blow me away, God, and I just want to serve you. What are you being called to do? Where are you being called to go? Why is God calling you there? It's time to find it. It's time to wrestle with and get our arms around hope. Purpose. The hope of salvation. The hope of the Almighty. Knowing him. Listen up. It's the first step. Just like the shepherds. Second step in receiving hope. Be amazed. Hope like those who heard. They heard from the shepherds. Hope in whom others testify. Be amazed. You know, it's one verse, so you're going to have to listen, listen well because we're going to be through it fast here. You ready? Verse 18. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. All who heard it. Remember, the shepherds are sharing to a lot of people. Enough that we use the word all. You know what I'm saying? All who heard it responded. They were saying, hey, I want to tell you something. We heard from a multitude of shepherds or or of angels. They were pouring out their glory to God and telling us what was going on. And they told us exactly what to expect. And when we came, bam, that's what was there. A woman and a man and a baby in a manger. And I'm telling you, there was just something different. You would not believe what the angelic host shared with us. And the people wondered. Okay, that word we need to be a little careful with. Because the original language, it means they were amazed. They were in awe. They were wowed. We can use the word wonder and we go, I don't know. I wonder if it's, I wonder if that's, right? That's kind of the way we may use that word. Be careful. That's not what the word means here. It means they wondered like, what in the world? How could he? That is amazing what he's doing. Really? Angels came with this message? Wow. They wondered. Do you know what I'm saying? Got to put a little emphasis on that word. Not they wondered. They wondered. Okay. They were amazed. They were in awe. They heard and they responded to what they heard. They did not see necessarily themselves. It says they heard and they were amazed. There is hope in responding to what we hear. It says they responded to what the shepherds told. The witnesses were the shepherds. They got to hear the story from the shepherds. You know, Steve talked about it in the announcements. We're going to be doing baptisms in two weeks, January 3rd. We're going to start out the new year talking about new life. We're going to start the new year celebrating new life in baptism. And a big piece of that is we get to hear testimony of God moving people. 
we get to hear stories of people saying, I found him to be everything I was looking for. I turned away from the junk of life and I came to know my savior. He has rocked my world. Why do you want to be baptized? I just want to tell people I love them. Like I'm telling you, you hear that over and over again. That's like an injection of hope you cannot get anywhere else. Hearing stories of God changing lives, hearing hope of God moving in this world. Do you know of people being moved by God Almighty? Are you hearing stories of friends or family where they're saying, I, I, I'm different. I don't know what's going on. Somehow it's just all of a sudden all clicking and I can't. And we're like, okay. And we move away. Or are we moving in and saying, tell me more. I want to hear a little bit of a story of God at work in your life. Tell me more. I want to celebrate with you. I'm telling you, hearing awesome stories of God at work, it moves. It gives hope. We understand that it's not just my little world going on, but it's God at work. God at work in this world. He's at work in your friend or your family member. Do you know their story? It's time to find it out. Let's not go through life just talking about the little incidentals of every day. Let's talk about how's God moving you? What have you been learning so far? Anything big that God rocked you with lately? You seem a little different. You seem a little more up. What's going on? Those are important moments. Be amazed as you hear the stories of God at work in people's life. You want to receive hope? You have got to be ready to hear the story of God working in other people. It's not just our little world and our little feelings. It's all around. Emmanuel, God with us. God with us. May we be ready to celebrate and be amazed as we look at who God's working with. Question, who do you know who seems to be extremely upbeat about their walk with Christ right now? Who do you know who just seems to be on fire? Who do you know who seems to be going through a transition? Who do you know who has just accepted Christ? Who do you know where you might be able to hear a little bit of a story of God at work? Sit down with them and hear from them. It's about God's moving in his hand. It's about celebrating stories of life change. It's about praying with them and praying for them. It's about laughing with them or crying with them. It's about experiencing their experience with them as you hear God move. Do you want to receive hope? You got to see God moving. The more we wall it off and close it out, the more we miss out. It's time to hear the story of God at work in this body, with your friends, with your family. On the other side of the fence, are you sharing what God's doing in your life? You got to be sharing. As we rally together, you know, we're told in Hebrews that don't forsake gathering together with the assembly. Why? Because you all stand there and look completely ahead and never talk to each other and dress like we're all the same and never share a moment of hope of anything. That's not why. It's so that we can gather together and actually celebrate what he's doing. It's so that we can lift him up and say, he's blown my world this week. I had no idea what I was doing. I was completely going the wrong way. And let me tell you, not anymore. My God has rocked my world. Can I share with you a little bit about what he's doing in my life? It's time to grab hold of the living God. And if you have, please share. Testimony after testimony, powerful life after powerful life. We must be hearing of his work. 
be amazed. We're going to do a little bit of it on January 3rd. Just a little bit of it. If you have not been baptized, a little moment of plug here, please come join us. Let's get a power story. Let's get a life story. Let's get a love story up in front as you have a chance to just say, I'm following after the one I love. I'm following after my God. January 3rd. We'd love to have you be a part of it. You know what? We talk about listen up. God's speaking to you. We talk about be amazed as you hear him work and as you see him work. And then third, ponder in praise. Ponder in praise. Check this out. We just heard that all who were hearing it marveled. They were amazed. They wondered. Verse 19. But Mary treasured up all these things. Do you think? Have you ever been to the hospital to visit somebody who's just had a baby? Maybe your family, maybe it's you as a wife or your husband, you're the husband. You've seen it as a brother or sister has had, maybe a friend has had a baby and they're looking at this child and there is more love in that moment, in their heart and in their face than you can, you can't explain it. And in that moment, as they're holding that child, they are amazed with what is going on. And they are so happy and so celebratory as they're with their child. That's where Mary was. And then a lot. Do you know what I'm saying? Like she's there with her little one. And all of a sudden, bam, the doors open up to the hospital and in come a bunch of shepherds. And they're all standing around you, right? And you've got this baby and they're like, we've been told this is the anointed one. Wow. That's something to ponder, don't you think? That's something to treasure. Like, this is amazing. There's a lot going on, you know? She's in a moment where she's saying, this was a big deal. But now, this is a really big deal. Like, somehow, God has decided not just to communicate with me that there's going to be a unique little thing going on that nobody else really wants to understand or explain. But more than that, he's gone to the shepherds, to the town. He is starting to spread this word. My little one. The anointed. Christ, the Lord, she's treasuring this up, treasuring, you know, treating it like it's super valuable, treasuring, lifting up this moment of experience as higher and more valuable than any of the others around it, treasuring, treating as extremely important to her. She was treasuring all these things. I think I would be too. And then it says, she was pondering them in her heart. She was pondering them in her heart. Pondering. Considering what it could mean. Understanding the past. She knows the story of where it's come from. She knows what's going on. But, but what for the future? What could this possibly mean? What does it mean he's the anointed one? What? So he's the one who's fulfilling the Isaiah prophecies? He's the one who's fulfilling the Jeremiah prophecies? Are you telling me this little one is going to fulfill prophecy? This one is going to... What could that mean? What's that going to look like that he is God is salvation? How is he going to save them? In what way is he going to lead them? She's pondering. How could this little one grow up to be that one? What does God have in store? She was pondering them in her heart.
this wasn't just some mental gyration, this moment of thinking while she's doing other things. This was a moment of cherishing from deep within her heart as she understood and began to grasp the past to the present. But what in the world could this future mean? How is he going to do these things? How is this going to be the one who is Jesus Messiah? How is he going to remain here on the earth and lead in this way? She was pondering in her heart. You know, as you ponder, as you consider what God is doing and how that impacts the future, as you look at your life and say, I wonder what God is going to do with. That's when you start to actually get a little bit of hope again. That infusion of he said and he's done. Now, what could that mean as it's going forward? It's starting to think about God having called you right to where you are. Right here in this town, in this community, wherever you're at. What is he looking to do with you? I mean, we're told in Ephesians 4 that he is the one who is providing for the church. That you are provided as a gifted one to this church. If you know him as your savior, he has given you a special gift to be able to provide for this body. What is it? We need it. Because he brought you here. What does he have for you and your family? And how could you be a part of him saying the phrase, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And you have a role in that. You have a role in that. What could it be? How could he be doing something? Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll step out. Pondering. And beginning to consider what your role might be as you help him build the eternal for the almighty. The church that can rock this world and you can have a part. What could it be? Ponder it. Consider it. And get ready to step out. God's got big plans. Big plans for you personally, big plans for this church, big plans for his universal church. He is building the church and we will be a part of it. What's your role? Join us. Ponder and get ready to step out. But more than ponder, get ready to praise. Because as he moves, he is so worth celebrating. Notice it says here, Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds, yeah, they returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Glorifying and praising God. It started with one angel. It started with one angel. It moved to a multitude of angels. It started with one angel. It moved to a multitude of angels. And then it moved to the angels and the shepherds. And then it moved on to the people who had heard. And then it moved on to, are you hearing God's plan? That's how God works. Each of us getting fired up for what's going on and we just lift him up. Glory to God in the highest. May we praise his name. He's at work. There are moments in your life where you are called to be a part of something and you just don't get the bigger picture yet. That's cool. That's what it's about. It's a moment where we've talked about it a couple months back. The mist is all around, but there's one stepping stone that's clear. It's time for you to take that step to that stepping stone. And God will clear away the mist and make the next step obvious. And then you step to that step. He's not going to make the whole road clear. Why? Because that's when we take our eyes off of him and just start walking it. It's one step at a time. 
ponder what he's got for you. Step out with him and watch him work as he's glorified and lifted up. His name celebrated. Stepping with him, walking with him. You know, 2002, my wife and I were talking with each other uh, about life. And I was an engineer at the time. And what that might mean, I was beginning to take a look at possibilities of maybe going to seminary. And uh, all in the same moment in time, some things aligned up that made me say, it's time. And I called Jana and I said, here's some things that happen at work. Things are getting pretty unstable. Here's what I'm thinking about seminary. She said, yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's kind of weird. Same day, same time. So I end up stepping out and I'm taking seminary classes. What are you going to do with that, Tim? Yeah, I'm not sure. We're headed to ministry somewhere, but right now I'm an engineer and I'm taking a class at a time. So I'm taking a class at a time. It lasts for four to six months. And then there's an opportunity to step on part-time at the church I'm at, Harvest in Naperville, Harvest Bible Chapel, Naperville. So I step on there part-time while I'm an engineer, while I'm taking classes, while I have a family. It was a busy year. And as we're walking through this, we're going, what are we doing? I don't know. We're headed towards ministry somewhere. Could be five years, could be 10 years. We don't know what's going on. But right now, we're supposed to be figuring some things out. And God's showing us what shepherding is all about. And we just loved the year of ministry. And at that year of ministry came to a close. In 17 years of doing engineering work, I had never, ever, 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 ever had a moment where we didn't have something to do. And in that moment, things closed down in May. And I went to my boss and said, hey, here's a project we could do that could roll, whatever, another 15, 20 million in this program. Why don't we take a look at it? And he goes, just sit down. We're not going to do anything for three or four weeks. Just take a break. What? Three days later, got a call from the church. We're looking for somebody to come on full time. And uh, you've been working with us part time and you're, you know, moving through your degree. Why don't you step on with us here at Harvest Naperville? So I ended up stepping out of engineering and stepping on that one next stone. Did I know that's where things were going two years earlier? No idea. Just step out. What's God doing? I don't know. We'll find out tomorrow. Do you know what I'm saying? Just every moment of every day, God at work in your life. And you just have to ponder where you're at at the moment and consider what it means for tomorrow and just step out. Do you want hope? Do you want to receive hope with everything you have? It takes this. Simply this. Listen to him when he's talking. Hear him in his word. Here is Holy Spirit challenging you with all he's got. Listen. And after you've listened, be amazed as you see his hand moving and as you hear his hand moving. And every moment of every day, consider what he's doing with you and praise him for who he is. Ponder and praise. We receive hope when we are constantly celebrating what God is doing in our lives. We receive hope when we understand that Jesus Messiah, the Holy One, the Anointed One, is moving in this world. Jesus, the Messiah, at this Christmas season, when we celebrate that he has come, Emmanuel, may we never forget that he has come for this moment into our lives. He is right here with us. Jesus, Messiah, ponder it. Be amazed by it. Be ready to be blown away by it. And simply say this, Lord, show me the next step, and I'm going to take it with you. Just one step, and may I step out. As we start looking at this new year, just get ready. God's got some huge things he's ready to do and you can be a part of it. Ponder it. Praise him. Listen up and be amazed.
hope is at the center of who we are when we squarely place our eyes on him. I wrote down uh, a couple paragraphs here. Hope is lost when I take my eyes and place them squarely on the circumstances. When I look for a reason in frail humanity or this failing world. True hope is found when I place my eyes squarely on the author and perfecter of my good faith. Jesus, Messiah. He asks me not to believe in a situation change. That's comfort based. Rather, he asks me to hope in him. That he will remain with me. Not allow me to be tempted. That he will be my power. My source. That he will give me. Provide for me. Protect me. Guide me. And lead me. That he will provide exceeding abundantly. Above all that I could ask or think. May we look squarely on the Holy One. The Messiah. Jesus Messiah. And think of him as this. Romans chapter 8. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, hope, that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Jesus, Messiah. Now that's worth hoping in. Amen? Jesus, Messiah. May we lift his name up. Listen up, be amazed, ponder and praise. A fuse of hope that gets you going like you've never seen before and get ready to step out because God is at work. Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray.